The Dimp Digital Network presents Flashback. Hi there, Lee Joey Apps from Dimp Digital. Um, just a quick video giving my thoughts on Infamous Second Son. Um, Appreciate it's a bit late, but uh, what I'm doing is just going back through my back catalogue of games that I've played on the next-gen consoles. So um, this was the first game I played, so it makes sense to start here. And um, what I'll be doing is I'll work my way through the games, and I'll eventually get up to date. So it's not difficult to, to get these up and out. So um, it's just sitting here talking bollocks about games, so it's not going to be tricky to do. So once we're up to date, there'll be a bit more sort of more recent games, but. There's obviously going to be people out there probably hasn't purchased Infamous Second Son on its first uh, sort of cycle through, so here's a chance if you're on the fence, this maybe this will help you sort of go out and get it. Um, guess I should start by mentioning that I haven't played any of the previous Second Son, Infamous games, sorry. Um, so I've got no sort of past experience of this this sort of uh, IP or this this world, this this universe, if you will. Um, I've not played Crackdown or Prototype, which has been similarities drawn to. So I've come in pretty much fresh of the boat, so it's worth keeping that in mind because uh, I know there have been some complaints or opinions that it's not moved on enough as it should have done, uh, which is, could be a fair point, but that's not for me to say because I have no opinion of that. Um, I'll start by just mentioning the graphics. Pretty easy, pretty straightforward, really good. Looked really, really good this game. When I first booted it up, I was thinking, wow, this is, this is pretty impressive. Um, now... There's always going to be an argument whether this, this generation cycle is going to have a big enough um, jump in the graphical side of things from the last games because we've gone from standard definition to HD from the sort of PlayStation 2, Xbox to the Xbox 360 to PlayStation 3. Whereas at the moment we're all in HD still, so the Xbox 360, PS3 to PS4 to Xbox One, and the jump probably isn't going to be as big, but that's a separate argument for a separate day, which I won't carry on with here. Uh, all you need to know about the Infamous Second Son looks really good, so if you're interested um, or you like good looking games, pretty games, and you enjoy just sort of going around admiring the scenery, this is a game that you can do that in. Um, everything looks really good, um, and I've got no complaints about the, the aesthetic side of the game. Overall, uh, my thoughts are that the game is fun. It's very fun. It's just a game that you can sort of pick up and play. The story, Despite not having a lot of um, depth as such, it's pretty run-of-the-mill. Um, it's not trying to be pretentious though or serious, so it works in its favour. You get a lot of games where they sort of try to make it too serious. They try and give you this big, heavy sort of story to take in, and it doesn't pull off. You get it wrong, it looks worse, it looks ten times worse. This game knows that that's not what it wants to do. It's laid back, it's light-hearted, it's not trying to be serious. The gameplay is easy to pick up, the gameplay is pretty straightforward and it all gels really well together. Now obviously you're going to get powers during the game, uh, I won't spoil all of them, I mean the, the ones that are out there, I mean, you, you probably know anyway, but I'll just do the two main ones that, are, that you knew about before release, which was Smoke and Neon. The powers you use separately, you cannot combine them, people moaned about that, I don't have a problem with it, I quite like having just separate powers, because they've all got different strengths and weaknesses. Um, I like the fact that you have a meter, a power meter, so as you start using a smoke power or a neon power, um, it will degenerate and go down. And once you get to the bottom, your power will not be there anymore, you cannot use anything. So 
it's important that if you're in battle and you haven't quite finished everyone off, you're getting to the sort of small part of your, of your, your meter bar, you can go and find a power source. So for Neon, it'll be a light, a Neon light of sorts, and smoke, it'll be a, a smoke field, like a fire. You can start a fire to manipulate that, and then you can refill your bar. So that's a great little addition, and it, it gives it, fleshes out the gameplay a little bit more. Um, side missions and, and, the, and the story campaign gameplay wise, you know, as I say, it's easy to pick up and play, but they're pretty dull. Um, it's not, they're not going to be blowing your brain with new side quests and whatnot. Once the, the side quests mainly consist of either going to fetch stuff or you, you're wiping out an enemy base and then unlocking that area, um, which we've seen fuck so many times. Ubisoft seems to use it in every single game that they make, so um, if you're familiar with that type of, of style of play and you like that style of play, then you're probably going to get on well with this because there's plenty of place to clear out and, and unlock if you will there's collectibles, there's all sorts of shit you can do it's an open world so um, you can go away and do that um, and so the story campaign story's not exactly serious uh, which is fine but the campaign missions are not overly good in variety or anything like that um, which is a bit of a pain but as I mentioned earlier, this is these two facts that the side and the story campaigns aren't the best are, are pretty much offset by the fact that gameplay is still enjoyable. So even if you are sort of doing similar things over and over again, you're still going to enjoy it. It's still it's still a good game to play, and it doesn't feel like a chore like it does with some gameplay or some games where you're struggling to get through it. You think, "Fuck me, I just want to get through this game." This you. I reckon most people, I did, I got to the end and I thought, that's fine, it's probably just about right, I was just about having enough of it, and I cleared out the whole map, um, I've done all the story campaign, and I was like, right, that's about right for me, and I can stop playing this. Brings me on to another point, that there's, there's the replayability of the game, although it's advertised that you can go for either good or an evil playthrough, there's fuck all difference in it, I'll be honest, um, there's a small sort of dialogue changes, and, he, and Delson might say, Delson's the main character, I didn't mention that, might as well now. Uh, might say different things and people around him might react differently but that's not enough to warrant a second playthrough, I did both playthroughs um, and it was still fun but there's not a great deal of benefit of going back and doing them, you do get a few extra powers and that you, you basically you can level up your powers and you earn new skills within each power so essentially what that allows you to do is if you go for an evil playthrough you get uh, lethal takedowns essentially a lot of the time if you go for a good playthrough, they pacify the enemies. They don't kill them, they just sort of dis disable them in, in some way by capturing them or shooting their legs or whatever. So, unless you're interested in experiencing both sides of the coin, I said there's not a great deal of difference in between them, but it's interesting to see some of the different skills that you couldn't get on your first playthrough. And um, if, you, if you're a, a trophy hunter, then you know that's going to be part of the requirement to go through the game um, on, on two bounces and get both good and evil outcomes. Um, pretty easily get the platinum, I've got the platinum and I'm by no means an achievement hunter or a trophy hunter or any of that sort of thing. I just saw it looked, the, the, the tasks looked straightforward and they were, uh, and I did it. I thought I'd just get one and I'm happy with that, probably won't ever platinum another game as long as I live, although that might come back to bite me. Um, overall, the game, you know, wasn't too heavy or taxing to play. Um, if you're expecting a sort of a Last of Us story driven film like experience, you're not going to get that here, it's pretty laid back. And that's good in my opinion. It's not taxing, as I said. Uh, you're not going to get blown away by new sort of gameplay features. The graphics are nice, as I said. The graphics are nice, but the gameplay has been done before. The missions have been done before. 
but it's enjoyable to play. And for me, a lot of people have been shitting on the game, saying it doesn't do enough, it's not... Blah, 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 blah. Fair enough, if, you, if you're sick and sort of fatigued with the infamous sort of universe, fine, but for someone like me who's new to it, it was, it was familiar, a lot of the stuff, but it was still good for me, it was still enjoyable, and it's a throwback to what games were invented for, you know, to sit down and enjoy for a few hours, just forget about other things that's going on in the real world. You, you can sit down and play this game. There's no stress involved. It's just enjoyable from start to finish. So how can you not? How could I not recommend that game? That's what games are designed to do. Um, so yeah, Infamous Second Son, PlayStation 4, recommended. So that's that in the books. Um, there'll be some more videos. As I said there's a back catalogue of games that I have played. Um, it's not too many. I should better get them done relatively quickly, depending on time constraints and other things. Um, but for future videos, I will be trying to get some gameplay footage to sort of paste over this. So you'll be you'll just cut between gameplay and me. Um, I think that will work quite well. It'll stop people getting bored, just bogging at my ugly face, and um, you get to see the game in action. Now there are some games that I don't have access to any longer, like. This one, Infamous Second Son, I've traded it, um, so I and I didn't capture any footage before, and I didn't really know I was going to start up this channel, so that's the the rationale behind that. But for future games, that I do still have access to. Um, I will be capturing gameplay footage and just sort of putting that over the top, so you'll be hearing the audio and just seeing what the game's like in action. It won't necessarily relate to what I'm talking about, but you'll get a good look at the game, which I think can be important sometimes, so you can just see it in action. Other than that, um, thanks for your time, and ta-da! Hi there, the Joey Apps from Dimp Digital. This is my judgement of Outlast. Outlast is a first-person survival horror game developed and published by Red Barrels. It's available on PC, uh, Xbox One and PS4, which is what I played it on. It's set in the Mount Massif Asylum, um, and you take the role of a, of a journalist who received a tip-off from an employee there who says things aren't quite what they seem and there's some horrible shit going down and when you arrive you soon realize it's yourself and you're in a battle to try and find the truth but more importantly just try and escape with your life it's all first person and uh, there's no third person no seeing your catch you're all going to see it through the eyes of Miles, um, who is the protagonist, and you're only equipped with a notepad and video camera. That is it. The the camera records footage, uh, but it also has a, a helpful night vision mode, which will allow you to see uh, dark and unlit areas, which is plenty of during the your, your travels through the asylum. You've got to be quite careful though, because using the night vision drains the batteries on your camera, and you only have a limited number of batteries when you start, so you have to scavenge more throughout the environment. If you run out of batteries and you're in a dark area and you can't use night vision, you're fucked. You've got to go back and find some, or you're going to have to try and get through that without um, using the, the batteries themselves. A notepad's not really, you don't really see the notepad, it's just a way of keeping logs and, and keeping your documents. And we'll just sort of, you can read documents in there that you pick up and it'll flesh out the story and just keep things ticking along. During your travels, you, you're going to encounter violent inmates who will attack and kill you. Um, hiding is the only option, running away is also another option, but the, the, the key point is there is no combat in this game. So you can run and hide and that creates a tense sort of cat and mouse type feel where you're never really quite safe because 
At no point can you take the game into your own hands and think, fuck it, I'm taking this guy's head off. You can't. You've got no combat skills. You're going to be hiding under beds. You're going to be hiding in lockers. You're going to be running away, squeezing between 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 gaps, shutting doors, anything you can do just to get 10 seconds of them not going to see so you can, you can get away and hide somewhere. And it, it does create some quite thrilling and, and chilling moments uh, to, to, to go along with it. And... Um, the gameplay itself is, is simplistic and it's it's very effective, but it does lose its edge towards the latter part of the game. Um, so it's worth bearing that in mind that you'll eventually become sort of street smart to the game and work out certain things that you can do to to get through and make your life a bit easier. But throughout, I think it does a good job. I mean, it's it's working with the complete basics and, it, and it's it's very powerful for what it does. Interesting point I wanted to raise um, with Outlast is that this um, Slenderman, The Condemned PT and upcoming Alien Isolation are all first person survival horrors if you want to you know, brand them that but what really interests me is that the first person how well the first person perspective works for these type of games and Outlast does it superbly it really immerses you into the setting and it creates this suffocating and, and claustrophobic feel where you can't just sort of peek around a corner and use the camera as a trick. You, you're either going around that corner and whoever's there is going to see you, or you're not. And that's the interesting part for me. That's the dynamic that, that third-person survival horror games, like something like Dead Space, something like that, completely loses, is that if you're hiding somewhere, you look up and you can see them, they can see you. So if you are hiding, you're waiting for someone to go go past so you can escape it just creates a little battle and a little bit more doubt because you've got to be completely sure that when you poke your head out and move that they ain't going to be there and seeing you and Outlast does this very well and I'm interested to see how Alien Isolation turns out and how um, some more games can maybe incorporate and build on this I mean PT was was one of the most terrifying things I've played and if, and if Silent Hills ends up being that all the way through that's going to be a tricky game for me to get through um yeah, so I'm looking forward to see if they can sort of build on this. Um, it's time for the, the official scorecard for Outlast. So, overall, um, it is basic. It's so basic, actually. Basic gameplay. It's got basic graphics. Basic story. Basic setting. There's nothing new. There's nothing, you know, there's no hook. There's no saying, well, this is what this game does that nothing else hasn't already done before. But, what it delivers is very very powerful and it's true to what the intention of the game are and as gamers I think we do get stuck and hung up um, on games doing a million different things innovating, you, you're shooting you're blowing shit up, you're, you're unlocking crap, that isn't always needed and Outlast shows that the most simplest and basic of ideas can produce some of the most powerful experiences and this game is very very chilling for what is essentially a hide-and-seek game it does a great job with the music and the setting and and everything just works um it's 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 reasonably short as i said and it might sort of lose its edge a little bit but the experience you get overall is great so the scorecards are in it's a unanimous decision outlast recommended when ufc president dana white declared himself at war with ea you'd be forgiven for assuming that a UFC game was unlikely to ever surface under the EA Sports banner, 
the time is obviously Dana White's biggest healer because just a few years later the premier mixed martial art promotion has penned a deal with Electronic Arts and the result? EA Sports UFC. EA Sports UFC was released on June 17, 2014 on Xbox One and PlayStation 4 exclusively and it was developed by the team that had bought you the Fight Night series, EA Canada. It was a brave decision from EA to ignore the huge install base of the last gen. However, as the gamble to pour all resources into the new technology giving them a knockout punch? Or is it time for EA to hang up the gloves already? EA Sports UFC originally offered you 97 barefooted combatants to take into battle. These include martial arts icon Bruce Lee and UFC legend Hoist Gracie. Since hitting the shelves, the game has actually released two content patches that include 14 new and tweaked gameplay mechanics and also six additional fighters that include current UFC bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw. And get this, both content patches have been absolutely free. Now, many will argue, will argue probably that these fighters and mechanics probably should have been included from the get-go. But it's refreshing to see companies willing to listen to fans and take action without asking them for more money. If every game followed this model, I believe the industry would be in a much more fan-friendly state than it currently is. So, how does the game play? Pretty damn good as it goes, and the stand-up's crisp, has a nice flow to it. You use the, the face buttons to initiate basic strikes, and if you combine this with the trigger and bumper buttons, you can jazz up your combos, or you can give your opponent some, some punishment to the bread basket. It does hit a, a rare sweet spot where the beginner, the beginner players will be able to just pick up and play this quite easily, but also gives the advanced players enough depth so they can strut their stuff or do something a bit more flashy. Now my only criticism um, of the stand-up part of the game um, is the defensive parry in which I find is often spammed by the AI on high levels and is, is quite overpowered. Uh, it's very frustrating when they constantly palm off your shots and land some big counters themselves. I've never really been a fan of the, the parry feature when it was present in the Fight Night series so it might just be my style of play. Clinchings, takedowns and the ground game work well. The clinching's somewhat messy, however it does a good enough job um, to make it an effective tactic, even if it's just for catching a breather. Regarding takedowns, gone are the days of having to shine the shit out of your controller just to complete or defend a takedown. The current system is all based on the type of takedown you choose and the timing of your opponent's block. If you do get taken down yourself, it's because you were too slow to react and not because you're facing the control shining world champion. One of the most complex parts of MMA is the ground game and EA Sports have kept things nice and simple when you're on the attack. Just simply quarter turn your analog stick and you'll advance your position. Defending uh, is somewhat more of a chore as you're asked to hold the right trigger and push the analog stick in the direction of your opponent's transition. It, it sounds simple enough but in the heat of battle it's quite easy to miss your window and you'll wind up being fully mounted and have blows raining down on you. EA Sports have opted for a mini-game to manage the submission attempts and escapes. Um, once you've initiated a, a submission attempt, four gates will appear and the defending player is tasked with pushing the right analogue stick in any direction. If their, their icon reaches the gate, they will escape and the game will end for that particular attempt. The attacking player actually needs to block these gates, 
gate advances by holding the right stick in the direction and effectively you're chasing the player around the gates until a prompt appears to flick the left stick in the direction and eventually after doing this over and over the submission will complete and you'll get the tap out or put them to sleep. Sounds quite complex, um, however once you've played it yourself just once or twice through it becomes relatively simple. I'm still not uh, the biggest fan of mini games taking up the entire screen and covering the lovely transition animations of the actual submissions and I'd, I'd love for submissions to be transition based where you're actually watching the fight on screen and judging where and when to move your stick. The, uh, the gate system works nicely uh, and, it, and it is balanced, I just wish they'd perhaps just been a bit more ambitious to, to show off what is actually going on on the mat. There's Create a Fighter, which is used for the career mode. Um, it's okay, it's, it's, not, it's nothing groundbreaking, it's nothing new, it's um, quite a basic sort of Create a Fighter. You'll be able to get plenty of different varieties and, and different looking chaps to, to fight with. Um, there's not very much else to say apart from it's a pretty standard sort of create a fighter mode and nothing really to, to write home about. Career mode is probably the weakest part of EA Sports UFC. Um, the advertisement of being able to go through the Ultimate Fighter seems intriguing from the outside, but the execution of it isn't very good at all. It's basically free fights that you have to win at the very beginning of your career and they have no effect on your career because if you don't win the first three, you don't carry on with the career itself. You'll then go in rank number 50, which has to be the world's lowest ranking for a tough winner. And you essentially just work your way up to the, to the championship gold. It's train, fight a video, fight, rinse and repeat. And it gets dull after a handful of fights. Now you could argue that there isn't much else to do in a combat sports career, which is, is a fair point. Um, but I believe there's, there's definitely windows for the journey that your fighter to take being a bit more sort of expansive and dynamic. There's no risk of getting cut there's no other promotions to hone your skills it's just work your way past a load of John Doe's till you hit the big boys in the UFC roster UFC Undisputed had you work up from a feeder promotion and work your way into the UFC how about having two feeder promotions where you can get picked up uh, by the UFC for good performances or maybe get a call to tough and if you win, win the ultimate fighter that can prepare you into a higher place in the UFC rankings losing it could mean that you go into go lower ranked into the UFC or maybe back to the minor leagues again just having these possibilities would add a great deal to the experience and, and unfortunately it's a mode that you're unlikely to revisit after your first playthrough the main positive to come out of career uh, is the fact that your fight has a longevity meter that increases with each fight once it reaches its limit, it's time to hang up the gloves and retire. How, you, how your fight actually plays out affects how quickly this will increase. So if you play it safe, take no damage, you'll be in for a career to rival that of Randy Couture's. However, take a load of punishment, get rocked, uh, get knocked out on a regular basis and your career will be over in a flash. It's an excellent addition and throws up some interesting dilemmas in how you actually manage your fights in the career mode. Now, it's time for the official decision. All in all, EA Sports is a solid first step. It's an accessible fighting game that can be picked up and enjoyed by newbies or hardcore fans of MMA. They certainly do drop a bollock when it comes to the formula for career mode, but the gameplay is fluid, deep, and it's damn fun. And that's the important issue here. The game is enjoyable and entertaining to play. The series has got a solid foundation, um, and I'm looking forward to see how they can build on this promising start. The scorecard is in. It's a unanimous decision. EA Sports UFC 
recommended. Hello, this is a quick channel update video. Uh, I'm making a couple of changes to the way I do things here at DIMP Digital. Uh, I'm going to be introducing a couple of new videos which are going to help me review the games and on top of that each game is going to be graded as opposed to just recommended or not recommended so I'm going to go through those changes now and just give you a quick heads up. I'll start with the grading structure I'm going to introduce. It's going to be a medal based structure so you, a game can be graded essentially platinum, gold, silver, uh, bronze or ungraded. Uh, platinum type games, they're going to be the top, top premier games. Exclusive club, I do not expect many games to get a platinum rating from myself. Um, but if you do see one, you have to get this game, essentially is what I'm saying. Gold, these are going to be the really, really good titles, the really good, well-developed titles. Um, they're probably made up with a lot of Game of the Year nominees that the critics are given or you know, they'll, they'll be on my shortlist for Game of the Year, certainly, if, if, if maybe the Game of the Year winner, because getting a gold is not going to be easy um, either. Silver. Now, Silver's going to be sort of the midpoint, and I think that's where a lot of my good recommended titles are going to go. So, they're above average, in my opinion. They're worth, they're worth playing through, but they're not special. It's not, it's not, they're not as special as a gold or a platinum. It's not just hasn't quite got that it factor about it. Bronze. Now, Bronze will still be recommended... I'd still recommend you go out and get these games, but there's going to be probably a caveat towards it. It's going to be something along the lines of if you're a fan of the series, then you should carry on getting this game. If you enjoyed this, the previous games, this is for you. Um, and it could be similar. If you didn't enjoy the first one, you're not going to like the second one. If you don't enjoy this sport, you're not going to enjoy this. Um, there's going to be caveats towards it. It could be there's bugs or there could be flaws in the game that you might want to overlook. But the, the key thing to remember, it is a recommended game, and underneath there is a good game uh, and a good experience to go through, and you, you should go out and pick it up when you can. And ungraded, um, that's going to be left for all the shit, basically. Don't expect it to be too many of those. Um, I'm not really a guy for being that negative, but I've got it there if I need it. If any stinkers come my way and I play, I will, uh, I'll let you know about it, and they'll be going in the ungraded category. I mentioned there's going to be changes to the videos and how much you're going to do the reviews and each game now will have two videos um, for me to review it. There's going to be a before the bell and after the bell video for each of them. Um, I'll start with before the bell. So before the bell um, is me grading the game after a handful of hours of playing it. You know, I might, I might have two or three or four sit-downs with it, um, and then I'm going to grade the game based on my initial thoughts of it. Um, and it's going to allow me to get these thoughts out there quicker to you, and hopefully they'll be a little bit more relevant as to sort of newer games that are coming out. Um, and it just gives you my gut feeling for the game. You know, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get a feeling what, how I feel about the game, what I like, what I don't like initially, um, and I'm going to give it a grade based on that. That's not going to be the official games grade, I must stress. That's going to come in the second follow-up video, which will be after the bell. Now, after the bell, I'll only do once I have completed the game. So, if it's a story game, once I've completed the story, or the main campaign, the credits have rolled. It's going to be a bit more tricky if I'm doing a sports game, because they don't typically have a start and an end. But I'll do it after enough hours where I feel like I'm ready to do that. And I must stress that the grade they get for the after the bell 
is going to be their their sort of official, you know, grading that I've, get, that I've given them. You can ignore the, the before the bell uh, from that. Might seem pointless, but for me, it's, it's quite. A, it, I think it's going to throw up some interesting dynamics in the videos, and it will. I will. You'll be able to see how things, how my opinions evolve during the gameplay. And I'm in the after the bell video. What I intend to do is going to give you why I'm going to play the game is how I feel games should be played and enjoyed. Because I get a feeling that a lot of the critics out there, when they're, when they're reviewing games, they get a game a week early. A week maximum to play it and complete it, and they're rushing through it. They're, they're playing nothing but that game. They're not doing anything else but play that game. And you know, for me and you, we, we you know a lot of us go to work. We don't have time to sit there and spend eight to ten hours a day playing this game. So for them, mechanics that become boring or or crappy after you know ten hours is because they've been sitting there playing ten hours straight. And what I'm gonna be doing is obviously just playing it like a normal person, playing it when I can. <laughs> when I get my spare time and it's going to give a much more sort of down-to-earth opinion I hope um, and it's also caveated in with the, with the before the bell you're going to see as I said how, if my opinion on a certain gameplay mechanic changed something that I might have enjoyed initially might become a real piece of shit towards the end and I, and I don't enjoy it so I think it's going to be, it's going to be interesting it's going to be good for me to, to do and I'm going to be interested to see how Looking back, I'll be watching the video just to see how how I, how I thought about it to start with and how and when I sit now. So I've had that of games. I've played games for five hours and thought this is crappy, but stuck with it. And then by the end of it, it's been one of my favourite games. So as far as I'm concerned, it's going to be it's going to be good, and hopefully it'll it'll give you some interesting stuff to watch. That's it. Um, just sort of a pipeline of what's coming up. I'm going to be doing a retrospective grading on the games that I've completed on Xbox One and PlayStation 4, so that'll be coming up shortly. And I'm in the process of doing Before the Bell for Alien Isolation, so look forward to that. Nothing else really to say, so thanks for your time, and ta-da! Hello, here's my retrospective grading of games that I've played through on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I have excluded The Last of Us Remastered and Minecraft Xbox One Edition simply because they're remakes um, or remasters of games that I've already played tons and tons so it doesn't make sense for me to, to bother grading them essentially. So let's get straight into it. Um, I'll go through the PS4 titles first which I've listed out here. Um, let's start with Infamous Second Son. Uh, Infamous Second Son, Silver. So, pure entertainment, uh, very enjoyable, and uh, just a fun game. That's all, that's enough said, pretty much. Infamous Second Son, Silver. Outlast, Silver. Delivers on the tension and scares. Um, not going to say it's enjoyable, but the game achieves what it's set out to do and that's to make you panic and run and hide and you know create that tense atmosphere so Outlast Silver EA Sports UFC Silver it's a great first step uh, and foundations that have been laid for uh, a quite a complex sport so EA Sports Silver Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes Bronze. Um, it's a great showcase of what's to come in the Phantom Pain. It, it, the future looks very bright 
for that particular game but it's too short in content um, and really should have been a demo so Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes Bronze Watch Dogs Bronze uh, overhyped and underachieved as far as I'm concerned it's a decent open world game but even with the inclusion of the new hacking mechanics it still feels all too familiar to games that we've played in the past um, it's a struggle for any open world game because Grand Theft Auto is just so good um, but this doesn't do enough for me uh, to, to get a higher ranking still go out and get it if you're you know, if you're interested in open world games and you like the look of it, um, but just be wary that you've probably played it all before at some point. Let's move on to the Xbox One titles. So, let's start with Titanfall Gold. Now, I do not care for online shooters, is it really? Um, but I picked this up, it came with the Xbox One um, code. And it's the first multiplayer, first-person shoot that I've enjoyed in such a long time. Probably since, like, properly enjoyed. Probably since, you know, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Um, or maybe maybe, maybe mod, even Modern Warfare 2, I did enjoy that. Um, but this was great. It's easy to get into, it's easy to pick up and play. The Titans add a great dynamic. The double jump in the, the scale of, of walls and buildings when you, as a pilot. It's all, it's all really well balanced. The maps are great. And um, even even shit players like me can perform well and you know finish top of the rankings, which I've done on a couple of occasions. So, Titanfall, Gold, Trials Fusion. I'm a massive fan of the series and the franchise, um, and this is another great effort. Not a lot else to say. Trials Fusion, Silver, Worms Battleground, or Battlegrounds, um, Bronze. Now the Worms formula still works. But it is getting a bit, you know, tiresome. It's probably run its course. So, Worms Battlegrounds, Bronze. Dead Rising 3, Bronze. Um, they fixed the save issues that were inherent in 1 and 2, I think. It was still in 2, I believe. Maybe not as bad, actually. But definitely in 1, that's fixed. You can save at any point. And you can now move when you shoot. Godsend. But, the torrid, torrid story and... The gameplay mechanics just are not anything new or fresh. Um, it becomes. It, I enjoyed the first part of the game, the first few hours, and had it been a, um, you know, had it been a before the bell video, I'm sure it would have been ranked higher initially. But there's no way at the after the bell I could give it anything higher than a bronze. It just become such a pain in the ass to finish, and just it always wasn't enjoyable. And that's the, the deciding factor on it. If you're a fan of the series then you're probably still going to lap this up and love it. If you didn't like any of the games before, you're not going to like this one. So for that reason, Dead Rising 3 Bronze. So that's that. That's all the games that I've completed on the new consoles. Um, so you're up to speed with my opinions on those. Um, next video will be Alien Isolation Before the Bell. Should be nearly ready. I might have one more sit down with it. Uh, but I've, played a, I've had a couple of sit downs already, so... You know, that'll be out you know, in the next couple of days, I'd imagine. Um, nothing else to say, uh, apart from thanks for your time, and ta-da. This is Ripley. 
last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off. Hello, welcome to Alien Isolation Before the Bell. Uh, I'm about to take you through my thoughts of Alien Isolation after my first few hours of playing the game. For those that don't know, Alien Isolation is a first-person survival horror game that was developed by Creative Assembly and published by Sega. It's set after the events of the first Alien film and prior to the events in its sequel, Aliens, and we take up the role of Amanda Ripley, uh, who is investigating the disappearance of her mother, Ellen Ripley. Let's start with my cards on the table. I think the most important thing I should tell you guys is that I am a big fan of the Alien franchise. Now this doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to love the game no matter what because I want the game to do good by the franchise so if it's not faithful to the franchise itself um, then I'm not going to like it. I am playing this on the PlayStation 4 and I've also got it on the hard difficulty level. Now this is the recommended setting by Creative Assembly so I followed their advice and put it on the hard difficulty which evidently is the, the top difficulty. There's no extreme or ultra hard, it's easy, normal, hard. And I'll happily admit now that I'm easy to make jump when playing survival horror games. Um, I get quite invested in the atmosphere of games and they do tend to affect me and, and install fear into me so I'm not one of these macho people that go, oh, I'm not, I don't get scared of anything. I do generally get frightened sometimes when playing these games. So let's kick this off. I'm going to go through the good points that I feel the Alien Isolation does well. Um, I'm then going to follow up the bad points, top it off with some notes, and then my overall opinion and the grading for this game. So the good, the, the atmosphere and the tension in this game is very, very high. Um, it doesn't make it too obvious when the alien is actually around. So you, you're forced to take it, you know, quite cautiously throughout the game and I've been caught out many times sprinting through just to just to change locations only for the big bastard to, to drop down and, and come and, and, and kill me so um, you're never quite safe um, in this game and it and it, it there's a lot of slow bits where there's nothing to do but because you don't know when he's gonna pop out you know the, the whole game is, is you're on an uneasy knife edge with it uh, secondly, I'm happy to report that the it's very true to the original movie. It nails the sort of 70s sci-fi futuristic look, and the station certainly is faithful and how you'd expect it to look um, in this particular universe. The, the gameplay looks lovely, and the the lighting is, is is really really good, and it's effective the way they use it. As what I've played so far, there's no real cheap jump scares in it, which um, some people 
do not like and I, I'm, I'm not too fussed about them but I think it's worth calling that out there's nothing really cheap here um, that will jump out and grab you so that's going to be good for some people I, I love how the motion tracker works um, you'll, it's, it's quite similar to the ones used in Aliens um, but the, it uses uses the DualShock 4's speaker so when you actually hold it up the noise are coming out of the speaker of the DualShock 4 I know a lot of games are using this but it's just a great little addition it's a, it's a stroke of genius really putting little touches like that on it um, I also like the there's mini games that you you pretty much use for unlocking and and computer terminals and, and whatnot. A lot of people I can see getting a bit annoyed with this, but I quite like the little mini games. Um, it, it ranks up the, the tension again because you can't just click a button and open the door. A lot of the time you've got to, you've got to unlock it using a, a, a radio sequencer type thing, and you'll be scrambling around to try and solve the puzzle because um, you know the alien's knocking about, and again if he sees you, you're dead. So let's now move on to the bad points of the game. Um, unfortunately, the cutscenes are very choppy and they look a bit shit, really. Now, the fact that they look a bit shit, to me, there is no excuse for them to be choppy because they're not reaching new graphical heights. Um, they don't look that good, they look pretty bog standard and they're still choppy and the lip syncing is not very good either. The mouths don't move properly as you'd expect. I don't know, maybe I'm just expecting a bit more from, from this generation, but I guess that's what happens when you when you have these games coming out across gen because it's probably difficult to then re reprogram and do the, the cutscenes again just for next gen. So I was a bit disappointed in that. Um, there's a lot of backtracking and the missions don't tend to be that varied at the moment. Um, you'll go to point A, point A won't have any power, you then have to go to point B, point B needs a key card, then point C, you'll get the key card, and by the time you know, once you've got to point C, you're in a corner of the of the space station, you've got to work your way all the way back, but this time the big bastard's running around trying to get you, so not a lot of variety so far, and quite a lot of backtracking. One of my biggest gripes is that there's no auto checkpoints and it's frustrating to have to manually save. Now, I haven't even forgotten to manually save yet, so I haven't lost any sort of big chunks of it, but you can easily lose 15 minutes of gameplay because you're so conscious about taking it easy and, and, and crouching and making sure you take it slow so no one hears or sees you, that you get to a point where there's enemies about and you get killed, uh, and then you've got to replay up to 15, 20 minutes. depends when you saved it. And that prevents me from wanting to go out of my way to explore every nook and cranny of the station and sort of collecting new bits and bobs to craft and, and new materials. Because it's not the fear of being seen or being caught, it's the fear of, well, if I go into that door and look for things and then someone comes in and sees me or the alien pops up, I've then got to do the 15 minutes of sneaking that I've just done again. And it's just frustrating. Now, I think this is... A bit unfair in some ways, but I think a lot of games these days pander towards the, the gamer and make things too easy, so it'll checkpoint every couple of minutes, and you, I think over the years I've got used to playing those types of games. But there's certain points when it will auto-checkpoint and certain points when it won't. Now, it'll sometimes do it after a cutscene, but sometimes it won't, and that's annoying because if you don't get to the next save station without dying, you've then got to go back and watch the cutscene again, it's just... They could have the, the, the cut the, the auto sort of save they put in 
should be after every cutscene, a level change, something like that. And uh, I don't know, it gets a bit a bit tiresome, and you feel like you're doing a lot of trial and error sometimes, um, doing the same bits over and over again, which is a bit a bit annoying. Uh, there's no real tutorial for the gameplay mechanics now. Hello. This My name's creates quite a, a steep learning curve, which you know you can argue whether it's bad or not. But, I'm, but the, for the first two sit downs I've had, I think I've had three or four now. I was really struggling to get to grips with the game, and I was, I was getting very annoyed with it. And um, it wasn't until the third and the fourth one when things were ju are just starting to click now. But it doesn't make things very obvious for you. And I feel like, yes, games probably shouldn't hold your hand through every single thing. But it'd be nice just to have something a bit more obvious and a bit more um, open for, you, for people to use and, and just get used to the systems. Because you're sort of using it in a live environment and then getting put down and having to try again. Which is not ideal. Uh, one of the most... The, the disturbing thing about the game is that it's actually crashed um, three times. Now, I've had... I'm just counting four. I think I've had four sit-down playthroughs, and three times it has crashed. This, coupled with the manual saving system, I can see at some point if this carries on, it's going to cost me half hours worth of gameplay, and I'm going to be very, very annoyed. Now, again, I don't know if it's my PlayStation 4 or whether the game's unstable, um, but I've had no problems with any other games on my PS4. Uh, so my assumption would be that there's something in the game that makes this slightly unstable. So three out of the four sit-downs have had crashes, which is not good at all. Can I help you? I need to get into comms control. It's urgent. That is a restricted area. It's an emergency. Don't you realize what's going on? Apollo has the situation in hand. Your registration is almost complete. Forget it. I'll find my own way in. So let's segue into some of the notes that I've taken from the game. Um, as I said at the beginning on the cards on the table, I've got this on hard, and at the very beginning, the first sort of, this is five hours in still, the game is bloody hard. Um, this morning I had another few hours of it, and I'm, I feel like I'm starting to just get to grips of it, but it's extremely hard to start with, so this, the learning curve's quite, quite steep. Um, humans will put you down in two bullets if they see you. Androids are relentless in their pursuit and they're very difficult to put down. And obviously the alien, you know, you, you can't even battle him. As soon as he gets near you or sees you, you've had it. You'll, there's a crafting mechanism in it, so you'll be able to craft uh, a number of different items such as medikits, smoke bombs, EMPs. Uh, pipe bombs, noise distractor type things, and you scavenge parts across the station to to craft these. They don't seem like they're in um, short supply, so there's, there's there's plenty to go around. It's quite a good rewire points that you can use. That can basically you can access a panel and it will bring up a, a schematic of the room, and you can open ducts that were previously closed, you can turn lights off to make it harder for people to see you, you can turn off security cameras or you can maybe make noise on the speakers on the other side of the room that enable you to get by. The story so far appears to be pretty bog standard. Now I'm not expecting an Oscar award winning script because I think with survival horror games this, the story is nearly as always secondary um, and it's really important they nail the gameplay which for the most part they do. So overall, Alien Isolation before the bell, what's the scores on the doors? Um, the game sets out and achieves 
what it intends to do. It's very, it's an atmospheric survival horror that is faithful to the film. The save system is somewhat frustrating and doesn't actually rank up the tension, it just creates frustration. That coupled with the backtracking um, through certain areas is, is very annoying. I'm not going to say it's a game breaker because I, I do I stand by what I said. I think that games these days have been have got a bit complacent and made checkpointing too easy. But I think they've just got it slightly unbalanced um, for this. As I said, not a game breaker, but be prepared to replay certain bits over and over again and scrambling to get any save points you can. Just make sure you're constantly saving. That's the only advice I can give. Um, I'm up to speed with how the game works, so the difficulty is not too much of an issue now. Um, but I'll, I'll say this now, there is, I think there's quite a steep learning curve, particularly on hard. Choppy cutscenes... Um, and poor cutscenes are pretty shite and annoying but they're not a deal breaker I'm here to play a game not watch a story in terms of a grading so Alien Isolation before the bell grading I am going to give it a silver it's a good game I am enjoying it and now it's, I've picked up the game and got into it it's, it's, it is starting to grow on me a lot the early signs for the game that was that I was going to give it a bronze because I was just struggling so much and it was becoming very very annoying but I'm starting to work how the game works um, the alien is such a hard bastard and it's, it's terrifying to see him just drop out on a vent right in front of you and you're scrambling to find somewhere to hide and then you know he's going to be wandering around with you whilst you try and get to point C Mission structure could be could be a bit better, but you know that's not the end of the world. Um, there's only so much I think you can do with these types of games. Um, but I'm gonna draw this to a close now. Alien Isolation before the bell, silver. Thanks for your time and ta-da. Hello, welcome to Alien Isolation After the Bell. I've completed Alien Isolation, so I'm in a position to give the game its official grading. I'm going to uh, touch up on some of the points that I raised in the Before the Bell video, which if you haven't watched already, I highly recommend you go back and do that first before continuing this video. I'm going to then go through some of the negative points that have been raised by some of the game's critics um, in the reviews that I've, that I've looked at. And then overall, give it a score and what I, what I thought was the game as a whole. I'm going to start off with some of the bad points that I raised. So, cutscenes being poor, backtracking and lack of tutorial. It's still there. So, they're, they're flaws in the game which you're going to, you're going to have to deal with. Um, the crashing of the game. Very happy to report that that ceased. I did not have any more crashes um, after I'd recorded the Before the Bell video. The auto checkpoint, you know that was sort of half there and half not there and the game relying on you manually saving um, 
you know, that hasn't changed. That's still there. But my opinion of how that was, you know, structured and how it added to the game actually did change. And I became quite fond of having to manually save. Um, yes, there's certain points where it's frustrating. So there are, there, are, there are areas where you have to cut open a door and then you'll go through and then there'll be maybe a conflict with a human, android or an alien. And if you die during that bit, it takes you back to the point where you have to cut the door open again. And there's no opportunity to save in between. So each time you have to keep cutting the door open. So that, that, that they could have tweaked that slightly and just added a couple of more save points in a more strategic you know, area. So you haven't got to keep wasting time doing menial tasks. But in general, I think it works well. And once you get over the fact that you've you you know the game's not going to wipe your ass and save for you, you know it, it does add to the, to the tension of the game. Just scrambling to get to these save points in itself is is an achievement and and does give you some good relief. So I'm, I, I, it turned me around, and I think that more survival horror games should implement some form of manual saving if it can if you can put it into the game like they did this quite smart. There's a little key card that you'll put in on these emergency phones then you know do it moving on i'm going to go through some of the negative points that were raised by the critics um one of the big ones was that the game is too long now admittedly there is about 20 percent of the game that i felt that was poorly done and could have done with being streamlined a bit um not removed entirely but just streamlined and made it not as long but that seriously is probably only a couple of hours max that you'd need to take out of that, um, which isn't going to affect the overall running time of this game because, as I said, it's a 15-hour-plus game, I'd say. Um, so removing a couple of hours isn't going to you know, suddenly make the game the perfect length. People are calling for this game to be nearly cut in half, which I think is a piece of nonsense. The gameplay is the main hook in this game. The story is not being bogged down um, by it being too long. And once you finish the game, that's it. There's there's not a lot else to do. There's there's leaderboards for the survivor maps, um, and you can replay the campaign again. But you know they're they're not going to hook people back in to keep playing the game. I don't think personally. So had it been cutting half and a lot shorter, the same people saying it's too long would have been saying, oh, it's too short. It's not worth the money. So in my opinion, it being slightly longer um, is much better than it being too short. The other two points were that it's too hard and that the alien AI is unpredictable. Now, it being too hard, I'll get it out there. I'm not a good gamer. I had this on hard and it was a struggle, but it's on the top difficulty. Perhaps they shouldn't put in the notes that this that's the recommended you know playthrough difficulty. Um, but it being too hard, I don't see how you can dock, dock points for that. You know, If you keep quiet, you take it slow and you adjust to the game's rules... You know, not being a noisy bastard, then you have a far easier time of getting through, and the alien probably won't, you know, see you as much. You know, he is unpredictable, and this is the other point I've seen people raise. He is unpredictable, but that's what makes the game so fucking good at times. You're not just watching him, seeing what patrol route he's going to take, and then working out a plan. You sort of you get to, you can get eight percent through a particular area, and then he kills you. You boot it up the next time, and he does something completely different. So that plan you just used for the first time, you can't use in the second time. And games are evolving like this. This is how AI should be. AI should be dynamic. The Last of Us, the humans in that, they had patrol routes, but they were quite erratic. They would turn around when they didn't need to. They would go to different areas that they didn't do before. And it adds a certain edge to the game. To say something that's got unpredictable AI 
in a stealth survival horror game because and it makes it too hard is a piece of nonsense it makes the game what it is the alien you can't predict what he's going to do you need to be on your toes and you need to adapt and that is something that a lot of games miss there's no adaptation in these games because you just work out a route to do and you stick to it this does not let you do that this is a good point of the game and in my view it's one of the biggest you know positives to come out of alien isolation the only issue i have with the game is that as you progress you become more powerful so you, you pick up new weapons you upgrade your crafting or crafted items and you get more ammunition this empowers you and allows you to to finally defend yourself which is great it's, it's a good change in gear but for me there's just too many materials to pick up so they're not really scarce enough and rather than it becoming the exception it becomes the norm uh, and soon you can start becoming pretty careless at times and get away with it because you've, you've got so much at your disposal but this is a very good game it's not going to appeal to everyone however and by nature I think that survival horrors are not for everyone you know they're sometimes slow paced and the good ones are distressing to play. To get the best out of this game you're going to need to make sure that you're saving regularly and I'd also suggest that you don't rush through this game uh, and just be disciplined in the way you play it. The only times I felt like I wanted to want to throw the controller across the room was when I've been sitting there for four plus hours playing it trying to sort of force my way through the game. If you take your time you play sensibly, you're going to have a great experience with Alien Isolation. For those that are fans of survival horrors, it's a no-brainer. For those that are fans of the Alien franchise, you 1000% have to go out and get this game. Simple as that. The atmosphere, the sound, the look, the settings is so true to the original film and I really do hope that this is the start of a series of Alien games from Creative Assembly. They've laid down some fantastic building blocks um, to expand on and I'm very optimistic about you know, the future of Alien games if they continue in this direction. Alien Isolation After the Bell Official Grading Silver. Nothing more to say. Thanks for your time and ta-da! This was a Dimp Digital production.